you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Monday, April 10. The world's most powerful military alliance is angling to strengthen its ties with its Asia-Pacific partners, and that means Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has secured an invite to NATO's next meeting in Lithuania. NATO is concerned about China's growing alliance with Russia and says any decision to provide lethal aid would be a historic mistake with profound implications. Queensland MP Jim Madden is in hot water over claims he paid for his former girlfriend's party membership and told her how to vote. Sarah Grist also says Mr Madden pushed her into taking executive roles with his branch, violating Liberal Party rules designed to prevent branch stacking. Ms Grist says she's hopeful Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk will act to remove Madden from the party in light of these new allegations. There's no doubt that the last year has been brutal for cash-strapped Australians, but an old-timey economic concept could explain the way we spend when the going gets tough, and it might have something to do with why global players are snapping up Aussie labels. That's in today's episode. We humans have been known to do something strange when times are tough. We splurge. It's a well-known phenomenon called the lipstick index, and it was famously invoked by Leonard Lauder at the height of an early noughties economic recession in the US and Europe. Lauder is the son of cosmetics icon Estee Lauder and current chairman of the company his mother founded in the family's New York City kitchen in the mid-1940s. Estee Lauder has a wonderful offer for you at Debenhams, the total makeup organiser. As CEO, he grew it to an almost $18 billion business by acquiring cult cosmetics brands like Clinique, MAC and Aveda. So it's safe to say he knows a thing or two about how we like to splash our cash. In this instance, he was describing the uptick in cosmetic sales in spite of the fact that markets were tanking and people had less to spend. Lauder and others have contended that lipstick sales, in particular, are a pretty reliable indicator of economic health. He speculated that's because consumers, women in this case, will prioritise small luxuries like lipstick over a new dress or a pair of shoes in times of economic uncertainty. Now with the story, and how's the lipstick indicator doing these days, Court? Pretty well, Becky. You know, consumers may be pretty cranky when they're going... The lipstick index has never really achieved consensus among economists, but nevertheless it persists, resurfacing in one way or another every time the going gets tough. During the coronavirus pandemic, for example, mask mandates meant sales of eye makeup surged, and so the mascara index was born. What it all boils down to, though, is that those who can, do. And now we've got what I'm calling the sneaker index. Accent Group, which is the largest footwear retailer in Australia, they have brands like Hype, Platypus, Athletes Foot. Their sales are booming, especially those high-end expensive sneakers. That's Eli Greenblatt. He's a senior business reporter with The Australian. 
And what their CEO was thinking is, well, the average shopper who's younger, who buys those type of sneakers or shoes, they don't have a mortgage. They may live at home with mum or dad. So inflation, mortgage, higher interest rates, it's not affecting them and they're still spending. There's also that kind of revenge spending where people have been locked up for so long, couldn't spend, couldn't travel. Now they can, they want to spend and they want to have a good time. And those who can't, being the ones hit hardest by ballooning inflation, a rapidly increasing cost of living, a rental crisis and relentless interest rate rises, find other ways. Certainly for households which are struggling, they are pulling back. And we are seeing supermarket retailers saying that people are transitioning to private label, treating themselves sometimes. So certainly Easter, buying Easter eggs and bunnies and spending money on seafood. But for those staple items, they're very happy to swap from a branded pasta to a $1 home brand pasta or to go from a nice cut of steak to beef mince, which you can stretch out and feed a family for a day or two. So it would be too simplistic to suggest that purveyors of luxury goods are sitting around waiting for the global economy to take a dive so they can make a buck. Humans tend to go to extremes. There are the gym rats and the couch potatoes. And the way we spend in a crisis is a bit the same. Often what we see then is a kind of a split, a kind of a polarisation with consumers where a large swathe of consumers go up market and will keep on spending luxury, keep on going after those brands because they can and because they want to and because that's their lifestyle. The other half of the population, they go down to the other end. They go to bargain, they go to value, they go to private label to save money. And that kind of middle ground erodes. Uh, So that could be a problem for those retailers that occupy that middle space. So Prada and Kmart are doing okay, but everything in between, like the Myers and the David Joneses, could be headed for Struggle Street. Stay with us. After the break, why one of the world's biggest cosmetic companies swooped in and scooped up a cult Aussie label. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt, and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free, and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth, and I thought he was dead. Another one been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for CrimeX Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime. One of the biggest cosmetics companies in the world will acquire Australian-born company Aesop for billions of dollars. Now, one of Australia's great business success stories is the skincare company Aesop, founded in Melbourne and it's now been sold to L'Oreal in a deal worth $3.7 billion. Aesop was created by Dennis Paftus at his hairdressing salon in Armidale and in 2012 was sold to Brazil's Natura for $68 million. In a weird way, L'Oreal is just like us. It treated itself to a shiny new toy as the globe stares down the barrel of a recession. And it represents a pretty good investment thanks to our willingness to keep spending on shiny new toys. 
I think it's a safe bet. L'Oreal, of course, are amongst the best in the business when it comes to this kind of thing, especially with ASOP, their target market are those people who want to spend on quality, sustainable, plant-based skincare. So I think it's a good move because a lot of consumers are looking for sustainability, are looking for quality. The purchase represents one of the biggest paydays ever for an Aussie luxury label. Looming over the sale, though, is a gamble that didn't pay off. Zoe Foster-Blake sold a controlling stake in her cult beauty brand GoTo in 2021. The buyer was BWX, which owns chain store brand Sukin and is backed by Twiggy Forest. The deal was on track to make Foster-Blake a very rich woman, until last week. BWX collapsed after reporting a $100 million loss and slashing the value of GoTo in the process. Now, Foster Blake is reportedly plotting to buy her baby back for a fraction of the sale price, just $20 million. So could L'Oreal be spooked by the drama going down in our domestic beauty business? I don't think so. I think BWX for a long time has been struggling with financial and operational problems. Uh, They had a lot of debt. They invested too much, spent too much. Revenues didn't meet the targets. Losses got worse. They had way too much debt on their books. And the banks just weren't willing to lend them any more money. And what we saw was the banks just pull the pin and say, no more money, and we're not going to fund you anymore. And I think also BWX, known for its Sukin brand, which itself you know, is a good brand, but I don't think it has that attraction or that brand awareness of an ASOP. L'Oreal CEO said his company would unleash ASOP's massive growth potential in the Chinese and travel retail markets. But clearly, other brands founded in Australia haven't fared so well. Fashion in particular already struggles with local longevity and international cut-through is all but a pipe dream. So what gives? It has become a lot harder really to break overseas. And again, with fashion, you're going up against the big North American, French, European fashion giants, where it's just hard to get the attraction of consumers or even the shops to hold your stock. I mean, the rare exception is probably... Uh, Smiggle and Peter Alexander, both of which are owned by Solly Lou's Premier Investments. Peter Alexander, they've unveiled recently a move to go overseas. They're proving very popular. And then you've got Smiggle, which is that kind of fun kids stationery retailer. They've been overseas for a few years and doing pretty well in the UK, Europe, parts of Asia. But that's pretty much about it. It's hard to find examples outside of those. Eli Greenblatt is a senior business reporter with The Australian. The mental health staff tasked with caring for a young woman horrifically abused by her father were followers of discredited cult leader Serge Benhayen. That's the explosive new revelation from The Australian's newest investigative podcast, Shadow of Doubt. You can read that story and listen to the series right now at theaustralian.com.au. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. 